Welcome to Card Slingers, coming to you coast to coast. Hi, I'm Jamie Elford from Portland, Oregon, representing the West Coast. I'm Melissa Sonova, speaking to you from the Midwest here in St. Louis. And I'm Hillary, the New Yorker. We're going to talk about what we like about the cards. And what we don't like. What we're learning. And what we're teaching. It's all about slinging them cards. <laughs> Say that again, Jamie. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. I said something really funny off of, off camera, and I've made um, Hillary and and Bo, who is our uh, card slinger uh, honorary co-host today, giggle a lot. I don't know if I want to say it again on on film. Oh, just but, say it. Okay, they fine. know by now. Fine. Come okay, on. so today we're going to be talking about kind of the 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 new how to become or be newness, be the newbie, if you will, to tarot. And um, in how we record these sessions, sometimes we like to, you know, create the box, the container. And I said, well, Bo was saying some really pontific, awesome things. And I was like, well, we needed to record this right away. But Hillary was a little late, so I couldn't like. I was actually on time today. So don't even. You guys were (laughs) early. I was on time. So don't. So so I said right before (laughs) I hit that start button, because I love doing stuff like this, especially with Melissa. He usually tries to intro because, you know, it's it's fun to watch everybody kind of like giggle pre pre show intro. I said something like, well, we needed the container. We needed our litter box that we can go ahead and poop in and shit in and, you know, and explore that that realm. So, yes, it's cat metaphor day and the kitties in my house are zooming around at some point. They'll probably, you know, make noise. So happy, happy Wednesday recording day. Um, <laughs> Even though um, you'll be hearing this on a Friday. We don't know what Friday. Totally. Yes. Um, <laughs> this will be in a couple of weeks. So this will be in November. When we record, Ooh. it's it's still October, and it is how uh, getting close to Samhain's, aka Halloween, and so spooky season. And so, I know that I've been doing a lot of teaching, mostly my pre newbie class, uh, Tarot for the Curious, where I just talk a little bit about cards, how to pick a reader, and how to kind of introduce yourself to your deck. But this is the time for readings, 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 right, Hill? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I just got a, um, I I love, I love having an automated system that like takes my, you know, takes my client appointments while I sleep. It's fantastic. I feel like I'm earning money while I'm sleeping, but I'm not really. And I just got a new client this morning, uh, scheduled for Friday. So I'm very excited about that, but yeah, it's spooky season y'all. I've got my, um, I've, I've got a Halloween party that I'm returning to, um, this Saturday that I usually do every single year. And, you know, with the pandemic, it has not been happening or it's been happening just without me. So it's my triumphant return. People are very excited about that. So like lots of excitement in the air. And I found out that my book is in people's hands. I know. Oh my God. That was the best thing I I saw. I don't have it yet. It's British publications. So like when I opened yes. up Facebook for like the first time in like almost two weeks, my friend who lives in Britain had the book and I'm like, book, you know, and I had to, you know, CC her on that. And yes, your book. Yes. Your book's in yes. The wild. It's in the wild. It's real. I thought I was going to have feelings about holding it in my hands, but Apparently, I have feelings about people holding it in their hands, which is nice and unexpected and everything. But yeah, we're not here to talk about that, even though we are all 
authors. But it is now. interconnected but, because you are a new, in- you are a newbie yes. writer. So it's the joys yes. of watching the newbie the first time publisher uh, publications come out. But yes, we have um, shifting back, you know, to what it's like to come to tarot. Like I came to it in the 80s, which is vast. It's it's like 40 years ago. Jesus Christ, I'm old. I came to it in the 80s. And it was so different. The the little white books, the books I had access to in small town Denver um, or suburbia Denver was vastly different than like the world that we have now. There was no internet. You know, I, I could only get my hands on what the mall carried. And then fast mm-hmm. forward to Hillary. I mean, what you you started? Um, I was in the nine. I started in the nineties. Technically speaking, I started in around like ninety six. Was my new age and witch awakening which included tarot cards but by the way not every witch is a tarot reader and not every tarot reader is a witch just yes you know preface that i just happen to be both you know um but like yeah circa 1996 um the internet was like kind of around but it was more like message boards and a lot of um papyrus font in purple with asterisks to make stars yeah like i'm dating i'm absolutely dating myself here um aim (laughs) away messages where you like vague i love that you say you're dating yourself and yet i'm like bitch i'm 10 years above you at all this i know i know (laughs) anyway but um but yeah my first my first uh tarot deck which i tell the story all the Mm -hmm. time but now i think with, with being a published author, I'm going to have to tell the story more and more, yep. I guess, um, is I got my first tarot deck by purchasing it from my, from my mother. Um, I was around 16 years old. I purchased it from my mom for her birthday. I thought it was an awesome gift. And it was like a fortune telling kit um, from running press, I believe, that came with a little palmistry book and a little deck of tarot cards and like a brochure, like eight by 11 kind of thing. Not a little white book, but still their equivalent of a little white book. And she was like, uh, and then she gave it back to me and she said, why don't you read for me? And that's how I started doing tarot readings. I mean, it was kind of like the birthday present that you wanted for yourself that you're like, you kind of knew. I knew that yeah. my mom wouldn't like it. So I'm just <laughs> like, you know, let me just... So yeah, but um, I I I don't remember what what my first tarot book was. I think it was like Eden Gray. I, I think it had to have been Eden Gray that I like checked out from the library. Hey guys, remember libraries? Remember those? Oh, you can still access them. You can get I, some my, really great tarot books. <laughs> the class that I taught the the Tarot for the Curious. I I taught last Saturday at a local library, and I had thirty Yay! people. It was so cool to have thirty people there. But yeah. We digress. And but yeah, my experience was was very different. And there were still there were more tarot decks out there. Like my first tarot deck was the Tarot Nova. Um, but but there were more access to tarot decks, you know, a few more, but not a lot. Um, and then uh, Bo, our guest host for today, um, Bo's experience is even more different than the two of ours. So Bo. <laughs> Welcome in. Yeah. Hello. It's weird saying hi to you, even though I see you guys every week. 
It's also weird having the mic on instead of being in the audience. Oh my God. It's so good to have you though. I mean, okay. So Bo's kind of our behind the scenes, you know, he makes these best comments, but we want him to talk because mm-hmm. this is kind of his, his time to shine and tell us the stories. Yeah. So if we're talking about how I got into tarot, I got into tarot about three years ago. I'm super new. Um, <laughs> That's so awesome. It's the classic story of I was given a deck. I was a little bit into astrology, so a coworker gave me a deck for Christmas. So I was like, do I really need this? And they were like, I think you do. And I was like, huh. So then about two weeks later, we hired somebody who had been reading professionally for about 15 years. And they're like, oh, you were given a deck? I'm going to teach you how to read. So they taught me the super basics, got me a little bit familiar. And then they're like, okay, you're kind of good at this. Let me introduce you to my friend, Melissa Sanova. So <laughs> through our mutual friends, uh, I met Melissa over email and I was really cocky and really just like, hey, you're going to teach me tarot. And she was like, no, the fuck I'm not. And she, <laughs> <laughs> so she said, go out and study for a year. And then come back. You're going to follow these people. You're going to read these books. You're going to do all this. And then maybe I'll teach you. So I did. And you guys were talking about how you just had little white books. And you had a pamphlet and just a little bit of information on the internet. Uh, three years ago, there was everything and everybody and all the stuff. There was Card Slingers. There was Teresa Reed. There's V. Reedus. There's If you look for tarot readers on Instagram, there's like 500 of them that have more than a couple thousand followers. Um, there's so many books and so much information. And I think as a new reader now, your biggest task is to find out what resonates and find out what's real Mm. because there's just so much. And it's really hard to get through. And it's really intimidating, especially when it's like, well, which deck do I buy? And you go on Amazon and there's 3000. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost such a difference between like, when what we we had too little and now it's almost like you have too much and it's like mm-hmm. how do you how do you discern wh- what the truth is from the fiction and how do you discern you know the reader or the the author that you're supposed to learn from when there's so much information out there and some of it is very good information but some of it mm-hmm. is really bad information too mm-hmm. yeah so what i found was I started following the professionals, the people that had made a business and had a successful business. So uh, published authors that spoke to me, Kitchen Table Tarot was the first book I read. I think it's the best introduction to tarot. Um, I'm not just saying that because Melissa's a friend and she runs the podcast, but I really do think it is. Um, Yeah. So following the professionals, following the people that speak professionally, following the people that do it every day. uh, Teresa Reed was probably my best introduction because she did her tarot tangents and tangents, which is every single or used to be every single morning. Now it's Monday through Friday. But hearing somebody else read and hearing somebody else uh, explain the cards and do little readings and things like that is super helpful. But also listening to them and what they have to say instead of just hearing it, actually listening. Whenever they say these are the charlatans and these are the people you shouldn't follow and these are the people that don't know what they're talking about, actually listen. And then you'll find out that there's a community of people out there that's probably headed by like 10 or 15 that are the head readers or head readers in air quotes, I guess, the head of the industry. I don't know how to say it. Um, that know what the fuck they're talking about and they all have each other's backs and they all keep each other going. So if you can find your way into that, like 
circle of classes and material and things like that, that's a really good place to find yourself. Mm. I love that because like, like you said, you know, there's an overwhelming amount of information and especially the, the point where you can go on YouTube, TikTok, et cetera, Instagram Mm -hmm. and see people read. And I, back in my day, you know, in the eighties, we didn't have that. I, I didn't even know where to get tarot readings. I didn't even think about that because it was such a, uh, I want to, I'm using the word taboo lightly here. It was just not really prevalent in, at least mm-hmm. in my area. In my area was a little bit red. If we go, you know, political leanings, it wasn't until I got into high school where I was able to, you know, go to an actual metaphysical store and there were more than like the five tarot decks and they actually had books. So that's when I picked up mm-hmm. the book and deck set for the Handel Tarot. And that's kind of, you know, unwrapped me, but I still had no idea how to, you know, use the cards. I had to kind of figure that out myself and play mm-hmm. around, which it felt like I didn't really become a reader until 2000 when I found the pagan community when I was living back here in Portland. I There was a stint. I lived in Colorado for most of my life. Moved here for about a year and a half, moved back to Denver for that same amount of time and then moved back here. But when I moved back here um, in 2000, that's when I found paganism. And that's when I found an instructor who, like Hillary said, was both a witch and a tarot reader. And then I was able to kind of see things and how it got work. work. So I didn't mm-hmm. really start that, ooh, I want to be this until, you know, 20 <laughs> years after. And And I don't, I think, I want to say that's typical of the Gen X, you know, of of people like me, because of that, we didn't have access. We didn't even have video back in the day. I used to hand code sites, HTML for the school and stuff. And that's how I got uh, some credits from college, you know? So it, so for me, it's, it's like, it was a slow burn in because we didn't have Mm. any of that information. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that, like you were saying the, with the Gen X, I, I think I'm, I don't know my, I was born in 1981. So I consider myself an elder millennial, uh, to coin the phrase that, uh, Eliza Schlesinger coined elder millennial. (laughs) Um, but I think that like, I I'm saying I came to tarot in like 1996, around the same time that I came to witchcraft. However, I didn't start reading professionally until 2005. I didn't start charging for readings until 2005. So there's about a gap of like nine, 10 years there where I studied before I even started charging. So I think, um, I guess the elder generations are very used to that kind of, here's when you find the tarot, here's when you start charging. And now it's different or Mm -hmm. it's definitely different in both case because you just said like I came to tarot three years ago and now I'm charging um Mm -hmm. so we wanted to discuss a little bit about that because (laughs) people come to us and they're just like well when can I start charging for readings Mm -hmm. or when and it's just like the the on average it's going to be this but each person is different depending on their goals so we consider Bo highly motivated. So Bo, tell us a little bit about what you were talking about before we started the recording about how motivated you are and how accelerated your process Mm -hmm. has been. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, so I'm the younger or right on the other edge of millennial. I was born in 93. Um, So we want everything right here, right now, I guess. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I started reading and I have this thing where I get hyper-focused on a thing and I just consume all the information. That's just the thing that I do. 
uh, tarot was no different. I got the book. Melissa told me, go study for a year. So I studied. I read every single book, every single article. I took every single class. I followed every single person. And it was just a lot. I don't expect everybody to do as much reading as I did. I don't expect everybody to get into it as hardcore as I did. Because from picking up my first tarot deck, I was doing readings and charging money within, I think, probably 14 months. Um, that time I was giving free readings to friends, to family, to other people. But then I didn't start reading until I reached out to the people that I had found to be my teachers and the people that I respected and offered them like, hey, can I give you a reading? Hey, can I uh, just see what I have and see if I'm able to start charging? So I read for Melissa, I read for V, I read for a couple other people through email and things like that. And they were like, yeah, sure, you're fine. <laughs> but I got <laughs> off book really, really quickly because i have a leo moon so i'm very confident and very cocky um <laughs> so yeah for me when i felt like i was able to start charging was whenever i started to feel i was able to but then also got the validation from other professionals where it was like do you think my readings are valid do you think the information that i'm giving is worth the money that i'm going to be charging and like i said i've only been reading for three years so i don't charge a lot i don't really do much on my website through email readings, but I charge $30 there. And then at the fortune teller bar, I charge $20 per client. So I'm not charging a lot. I think my readings are good. I think I'm really good at what I do because that's my Leo Moon speaking. But <laughs> I also understand that I've only been reading professionally for a year and a half. Um, yeah. Which is so yeah, cool. You got the confidence. <laughs> I mean, like you like definitely you've got the confidence, but also in in speaking about that, you do have the humility as well and the humbleness to be like, hey, I'm pretty good at what I do, but I haven't been doing it very long. So I know that I can't charge two hundred, three hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there is uh, I don't know, a sect of tarot readers coming up where they are doing that. They're just like, Yep, yeah, nope. I've only been doing this for a year and I'm going to charge $3,000 or, you know, an absurd amount of money. And I think that's, can be a very dangerous thing to see out there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I was just <laughs> going to add so. that you're saying that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to add to that because it is, it is true. I mean, like before we were talking, Bo's like, I kind of got fast tracked and with, um, so this is a really interesting point astrology, astrologically wise, where I am a Leo sun and a Leo rising and with Bo's Leonis in, in the moon, I've never seen how that could apply. And mm. what I like about this is that again, you know, everybody's journey is different. It's going to be different because your makeup's different. You're unique, but Bo had this, you're like, it, you're like a ferret Bo in a way. I, I know mm -hmm. that you're more the, the opossum of the group and stuff, but you <laughs> dug your, like you said, you, you know, when you get a hold of something, you dig your teeth into it and then you mm -hmm. can't let go. And you let that determination, that confidence that, you know, you have to be able to do this, to practice, to not let the setbacks get in your way. Whereas like in my, my generation of readers, I I let the books, I let the Mary Kay fucking Greers and the Rachel Pollocks overwrite what my intuition was giving for the readings mm -hmm. because, you know, I was I didn't have access to all these people. I didn't have, you know, that innate confidence that um, I see in like the younger generations that have growing, you know, because they've had you've had access to this Internet. 
And for me, it was like, well, we got to look to the professionals and the professionals were books. And so I would always overwrite my stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's, you know, something else that, you know, the the up and comers today are trusting their gut more and seeking that stuff out. They they have like this no fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know what my intuition was until I started reading cards. Um, nice. And that's kind of how I learned to trust it. But it's funny that you said uh, we have access to the professionals. Uh, part of going really fast is getting knocked down often and tripping up a lot and falling on your face. And whenever you are really cocky and really confident, you read two books and you're like, I can talk to Teresa Reed about the cards. And then you do. And then she tells you to shut the fuck up and go away. Then that's something that's going to happen. You have to take those lessons. So my first year was like, oh, I have all this information. This is all there is to know. And then I got really cocky. And that's when I approached Melissa. And that's when I approached all these other people. And I started commenting on people's posts. Like, well, actually, the pen- uh, page of Pentacles means this. And then looking back, oh. it's, yeah, I was that person. <clears throat> so it took me getting shut down and being like, you don't know anything. Go back to school. Start reading more. Start doing the things where I was like, okay, I actually don't know as much as I thought I did. And I had to take a big humility check to be like, okay, I don't know these things. Let me just kind of shut up and listen for a while. And I feel like a lot of <laughs> like <clears throat> new readers that come into the bar, they come in, you can tell who they are because they come in, they kind of look a little bit down at you and they're a little cheeky and they have their lips first. And they're like, so you do this, you read professionally. And it's like, yeah, well, give me a reading. And then you give them reading. They're like, wow, that was really good. I've been reading for a couple months, but I think this card means this and this card means this. And you just have to be like, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> you can think that, but this was the reading I gave you. And I feel like having the confidence in what you say is the message that's supposed to go through. Mm-hmm. I think that's something else that's really important because that's where I get my confidence. It's like, well, maybe the reading didn't completely resonate for this person, but I feel like that's the message they were supposed to get. So maybe they didn't listen or maybe they didn't hear what I was saying, but that's what they were supposed to hear. And in three months, they'll be like, ah, shit. See, so. and, okay, so, and, that, and that's a common thread, though. What I yeah. what yeah. I love is, you know, you had no fear of saying, you know, this is what the card means. And while, you know, that's good in some ways, it also sets apart those that are like, I'm going to set up my shingle and, you know, like I read a book and now I'm a, you know, prof- prof- you know professional mm-hmm. reader, but you had enough humility or enough inside of you that told you that, yeah, sure, this card means this. However, I know I need more. Mm-hmm. And that's what sets up, I think, a lot of again, loosely termed charlatans or, you know, new readers who are like, this is easy. I can do this. You know, I can, I can stay on book or whatever, you know, I, you know, I, whatever you mean, right. The cards mean whatever, but it takes real dedication. And as Hillary's shaking her head and biting her tongue at this, (laughs) it takes real dedication to, to Mm -hmm. learn more, to seek the elders or seek the pros Mm -hmm. to, to read, go to conventions, to spend that money in a, in a true profession. Like, you know, the three of us, are big on on you know learning and so you know i i saw when i mentioned conventions i saw your eyes kind of light up Bo. so what were you going to say on that well it's when you said uh spend the money so Mm -hmm. one thing i did in my first year and year and a half ish was all the money that i made off of readings i put back into the community because i felt like that's what needed to happen so i bought independent decks i bought books from authors i bought classes i paid for things so I felt like, I don't know, that was probably just my intuition being like, hey, karmically, spiritually, whatever it is, this exchange of energy that needs to happen. 
for you to be making this, for you to get into this, you need to get back to the people that are allowing this to happen. So that's what I did. I invested in the indie decks. I invested in the classes. I invested in the teachers. And that's also how you make relationships. And that's also how you make connections. Um, that's how you get to know indie tech artists who are all really, really cool people. And you get insights on the work, which is really cool in the process. And then you fall in love with decks. Um, you get to actually know teachers through little conversations. Um, one of the biggest things that I learned that way was don't expect anybody's time. They don't owe you anything except for what you pay for. Um, <laughs> so harassing teachers and getting out there and just being like, hey, I'm a new reader. Will you teach me? And they'll be like, don't be offended when they say, no, go buy my book, go buy my class. I'll see you in class in two weeks or whatever. Because that's that's the relationship that's supposed to be there. If you want to kindle a better relationship, you're going to have to wait a couple of years and you're going to have to invest in them as much as you want them to invest in you. And still, that. that doesn't have to happen because they're individuals who can decide who they want in their life and who they don't. I love that. I mean, I think that's <laughs> something, at least in my private practice, when when people come to me for mentorship, you know, either because, hi, I mentor things. Um, if they don't know tarot, I have them go away for that year. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of like the fight club method <laughs> of tarot where somebody <clears throat> stands in our door shop. Hmm. Drink that uh, tea. <laughs> uh, morning, morning. Yeah, you know, morning long. No, um, you know, somebody comes to our doorstep and says, hi, I want to learn. It's like we we shut, you know, we yell at them, say, you know, I, I spit out, come back in a year after you've written some stuff on each card, you know, type of thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the movie, you know, they come, they get yelled at and they shut the door. And after three days, if they're still there, you know, that they have the determination and the ability to do the homework. To, to show that they have the dedication to push beyond what is, you know, currently there in, in, um, in popular culture or the, the popular, mm -hmm. yeah, in that mass stuff. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a passing. Um, I think, I think really what the crux of it can be with newer readers sometimes is that feeling that it's a passing fad. Like it's just a phase or whatever. And it's just like for those people that it's not a phase for, you know, maybe they'll get a tarot tattoo or maybe they'll continue to, mm -hmm. to read professionally or maybe it's their decision to never read professionally, but they only do it for their friends. But either way, it is that crux of dedication. This is not a passing fancy for me. I'm mm -hmm. serious about that. And a lot of people who have approached me for for mentorship, I'm just like, no, you're not you're not serious. You're not dedicated about it. Like I've done group mentoring um, with Teresa. I've done, you know, one on one. And it, it's very, very few people that do what you did, Bo which was come back because Melissa had mm -hmm. said that before Bo mm -hmm. was the only person that came back. Yeah. Um, so like I said, with the hyperfixation, usually I hyperfixate on something for about six months to a year. Tara was the first thing ever in my life that stuck where mm -hmm. I just couldn't get enough because whenever I started reading and I started getting into it, um, it was kind of my shoe into my intuition, to my spirituality, to this other side of me that I had kind of squashed for most of my life and just kind of side-eyed and been like, nah. And <laughs> tarot was the thing that kind of woke that up for me. So for me, it's also more than just wanting to read professionally. For me, it's more than just wanting to do the thing. It's what made me realize that there was magic in my life this whole time. It's what made me realize that I was a spiritual person. It's what made me realize that 
leaning into it has just caused good thing after good thing after good thing after good thing to happen in my life. Um, mm. It got me out of a really crappy career that was really bad for me physically, emotionally into something where I get to help people, which is what I love to do. Um, and that's also something with tarot is I see it as a way to help people. And that's the way that I approach my readings is um, I found out recently that I don't like answering specific questions because when somebody asks you a specific question, you're just convincing them that they already know the answer. And I really love doing general readings because it's usually out of the blue and it's like, that's where you get those oh crap moments, but it's also the most helpful. Um, because when you have readings where one of my absolute favorites ever was a person that came into fortune teller bar and the entire time they were just kind of silent. I couldn't really get a read on them, but afterwards they were just like, thank you so much. Um, how do I pay you on Venmo? And then they're like, so what are the emojis that people usually use? I'm like, oh, I usually like a crystal bar ball or like playing cards or something. And they were like, no, that's not right. And so they sat there for like five minutes. I'm like, all right, can you get out of my room? I have a list, all this stuff. And then they sent me like a little sun coming over a cloud and then just like, thanks for the hope. And I was like, that's why I do this for those moments where you really, really help people. Um, a third of my readings, I convince people to go to therapy. I give them the resources and be like, I don't have the tools to help you, but you really need help. You need to go see these people. Um, divorce is really hard. Uh, the suicidal is really hard, but you don't have to do it alone. And that's what a lot of my readings are, is I see what they need help with. I know that I can't be the person to help them, but I can at least put them on the right path. And that's where I get the good feels. And that's where I get the, this is why I want to do this. This is why. I read. Yeah. Yeah. I love that sun emoji coming over mm -hmm. the clouds. Yeah. Cause I, I know the crystal ball or the mala beads or the, this or the, that mm -hmm. that's a typical emoji, but I love that. That's kind of the emoji for hope and for mm -hmm. clarity as well. And I've been staring at your sun. It looks like a, the sun card in the background <laughs> on you. It's <laughs> so actually, I'm just like, it's actually the moon from uh, the tarot disassembled which is oh. a really fun, amazing <laughs> deck. But uh, yeah. yeah, because it has all the little pieces, like the little lobsters in there. There's the towers, the wolf, the dog. Oh, yeah. okay. It's, it's I, I then, looked at it as a sun, so. <laughs> well, it's the sun also peeking up behind the moon because it's always mm -hmm. there because the light that we get from the moon is reflected from the sun, yada, yada, yada. We're all professional right. readers here. Well, I, I, again, the <laughs> yeah. sun and the clouds, you know, where in this case, it's mm -hmm. the moon kind of, you know, eclipsing this, the, the, the sun. But. Bo, I'm impressed, oh, I though. I am. Every time I get to talk to you, I'm just like, God fucking damn it, Bo. You have the best things to say. And I thought I was the wise one on this goddamn program. But no, we have Bo. And it's just, you know, it's, you know, I guess I'm channeling my inner son over here. But it's just been amazing to get to know you, to see how far you've come. And mm -hmm. all this, you know, providing the hope for people, which is exactly kind of what a lot of us readers want to do, you know. Like you were talking about, like, you know, you don't like certain questions. A lot of us mm -hmm. don't figure that out or don't figure out the event stuff until like, you know, five, 10 years in, you know, mm -hmm. but you, you're, you are <clears throat> reading, you're doing the work, doing that hard work, the actual work, the reading, 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 getting shot down, getting, getting the money, doing all these different programs and stuff to figure out, you know, what's next for you. And Yes, tarot can be like, you know, our path. Like that is my pagan path. It's, you know, divination. But at mm. the same time, you know, it is also, you know, that thing that we do for hope. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's been brilliant to watch you grow. And I can't wait to see where you take all this next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea where that is. I just kind of see everything as it comes and then get a reading every once in a while to be like, hey, what should I be doing right now? And it'll be like, you should be doubling down on the tarot shit. That's what I've had four readings in the last couple of months. I've said, you need to start Double taking down. this like actually seriously. And I'm like, I know, but that's work. <laughs> but i don't wanna i don't want to do the work and yet you are doing the work you know right you are and i love i love how you said like basically tarot is was your way to acknowledging the intuition that you already had Mm -hmm. um which i think is such a powerful message um because that's that's how i think of tarot or any divination tool because it is a tool but the mm-hmm. real magic the real intuition is not coming from the pieces of cards it's coming mm-hmm. from yourself and coming from within yeah i tell clients that all the time at the bar like at the end of the day it's just pretty pictures on cardboard um you can take it for what it is but also terry pratchett i think is one of the best authors to describe what a witch actually is but when in his books, the uh, Tiffany Aching books, he says any stick is a magic wand or any rock is a crystal ball or something like that. That's how it is. It's the magic that you put into it that you're going to get out of it. Um, the respect that you give your cards, the respect that you give them as a tool and that you use them as a tool and that you see them as a tool, then that's where you're going to get your readings. Um, the other thing I've learned is it's not about you. It's about the client. It's not about your ego. It's not about you. <laughs> feeling good about getting a good reading it's about seeing the story that you put down and reading what you're supposed to read and saying what you're supposed to say and as soon as you can get yourself out of the equation as soon as you can get your ego out of the way then your readings are going to be so much better because when i first started it was about me it was like look how much i know about these cards i know everything about the page of pentacles i know everything about this and then eventually it was like but these readings suck so once i took myself out of the way it was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was oh crap I'm we're sorry. actually getting somewhere oh wow we're actually getting reactions oh wow this is actually helpful so yeah. <laughs> i love that i love that it's just like oh i know everything there is to know about the page of pentacles and it's just like two seconds later you don't know jack shit <laughs> it's, that, it's that universal clue by four that comes mm-hmm. out either somebody's holding it for you and just goes whack across your head and you know dig deeper and you're like oh mm-hmm. Those are yes, my favorite yes, kind of readings. Those are my mm-hmm. favorite kind of readings. Those, those, especially when I do my live stream where the, the tarot comes for me as well as for them, mm-hmm. then they just love it. They're giddy with it. And I'm just like, oh, good. I'm so glad that my misery is your amusement right now. <laughs> but, but it's it's true. As soon as the ego steps in, the magic steps out. We say it a mm-hmm. lot in our coven. We say mm-hmm. it a lot in our tarot reading communities. Ego steps in, magic steps out. you got to make it about the client and helping the client mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was a hard lesson to learn too um a lot of the lessons in tarot are really hard to learn because it's so tied to who you are and to your heart and to your soul and everything that you are so a lot of these lessons feel like personal blows but they're really not it's kind of the universe knocking you down and being like hold on just a second no hold on no you need to learn this go back do it again um i got the high priestess a lot when i first started the go back and do it again card you're not quite ready yet and then uh i hate to yeah. break it to you Bo, but i just pulled the high priestess card when talking to you so <laughs> <laughs> well i mean but and that's a good thing you know it, mm-hmm. it it 
you know, it, especially like going, you know, into therapy, like I think all of mm-hmm. us have therapists here, yep. you know, and they, they help us. They break us down. We cry sometimes in the sessions or we tell them, fuck off, stop pointing the finger at me. Mm-hmm. Like at Newt's, I had somebody read my eyes and tell me some things. And I just wanted to tell them, fuck off. And I grabbed the card that they handed me. And I said, I'll be talking to you, you know, after all this, because, <laughs> you know, that's the thing to really get to authenticity, to really get to what we're supposed to be doing on this planet. We have to get rid of all the bull- the bullshit. We will never get rid of our ego. That is, that is, you know, to me, it's inherent in people. That's why we have the id, the super id, and the ego. But we can work on making that ego a little bit less, you know, rowdy than the, you know, the, I, I you know, sometimes my ego is like the frat boy, you know, person. I'm like, no, I don't want the frat boy. I, I want it to kind of go have a cupcake and hide in the corner mm-hmm. and let me just do the work. And that's, that's the thing. It's hard. You know, we keep saying do the work, but do the work is like, um, becoming better than we are, learning, mm-hmm. growing, you know, um, evolving in some ways. Sometimes it's devolving, remembering how to be a child mm-hmm. in a way, rather than the staunch, upright, you know, spiritual advisor that some of us, you know, aspire to be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's learning the new modalities and doing all these mm-hmm. other cool things to support your tarot habit or your tarot practice or, you know, whatever you <laughs> want it to be, you know, evolve into. But tarot for me, and it is for you, it's it's a lifelong journey. I love it when people are like, I know tarot. And I'm like, oh, really? I know tarot because I've been, you know, I just picked up a deck and I've got all these books. I've read your book. It's great. It's helped me. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. great. What else are you doing? You know, and it's like some people, you know, want to end there. But some of us are like, no, I want to really know tarot. And mm-hmm. we will never really know tarot, I feel like. But you can deepen. You can grow. Tarot changes us as much as we change it. Mm-hmm. so if people are wanting a reading with you Bo, mm-hmm. how can mm-hmm. they find you um right now i'm just offering email readings through my website it's fenriertarot.com uh we can put that in the notes or somewhere people can find it yep. otherwise yep. if you reach out to me on instagram at Bo underscore joffrin underscore tarot uh just reach out to me dm me i won't can't promise i'll get back to you quick because i'm really bad about messaging people because i have anxiety about messages but (laughs) i will get back to you eventually and we can probably chat sounds good that might be your next lesson to learn is yep overcoming (laughs) overcoming those anxieties i get it though i i i'm not a big video person and yet Mm -hmm. that's on my list of things to work up to is doing more video stuff so again we're all learning. We're all learning. And thank you so much for, you know, actually putting your voice into the podcast, mm-hmm. for sharing these stories, for for pushing Melissa to accept you as, <laughs> as a mentee so that we, you know, not just and, me. Can benefit from mm-hmm. you too. Well, and get to know you because you're great. You're awesome. Oh, mm. Congratulations on being upgraded from the peanut gallery into the main microphone. Oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to be Jay Horn. No, I think I think we can do that. You know, when Melissa, if Melissa hears this, you know, when she'll be like, "That's my job." (laughs) How dare you take my air horn away from me, sir? I implore. No, madam, I implore you. Well, hopefully, we can get you on more and more. And yeah, I'd love to. You know. Pay for pay for a, a reading with Bo and mm-hmm. let his wisdom just 
come out and we'll talk as the cats play with the squeaky mouse in the background. We're going to sign off with the squeaky mouse. I love my cats. They're so great. But yeah, we'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you so much for joining us uh, at Cardslingers Coast to Coast. You can check out more episodes at cardslingerscc.podbeam.com. And please send us your questions at cardslingerscc at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.